Hey all, this is Cassie, the host of Everybody. And ever since I can remember, I've been obsessed with how the human body works and how no matter what stage in life you're at, you can make amazing changes. Together, we're going to deep dive into topics like disease, nutrition, mental health, and more, all with a focus on how we can take steps toward living healthier, happier lives. All right. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. I've got with me a good friend. Her name is Seema. Uh, She is a substance abuse counselor, and she also is recently a small business owner, which we will talk about more at the end of the show. But welcome, Seema. Thank you for coming today. Thanks so much, Cassie. Sure. So um, Seema actually reached out to me after listening to our first episode about opioids and offered to come on and talk a little bit because uh, this is part of her profession, something that she's done for a little while working with um, people who are addicts and helping them in their recovery process. Okay, Seema, so tell me, how long have you been working as an AODA counselor and what kind of got you interested in doing this kind of work? So I have been an AODA counselor coming up on my fifth year now. What got me interested was my mother and my father are in recovery. They were both addicts growing up. I was actually raised by my granny because my mom was in addiction really bad. Um, so that's what like jump started everything. Like I knew growing up, she didn't choose to be an addict. Like that's a huge myth. Like people get angry with their parents and they get angry with people who they love. Like, you can just stop, you can just do that. And I know like she wouldn't, I don't know what type of connection we had, have whatever it is. I know she just didn't be like, oh, I'm gonna do crack cocaine today for the rest of my life and give up my daughter. Like, so that's right. what um, really uh, jump-started my career. Yeah, um, and you and I definitely have something in common because I grew up in a house with addicts as well, both my parents. So um, I definitely have, a little bit of experience too coming from that way. Um, so tell me a little bit about what your job involves. Like what, what do you do? Okay. So my job involves doing one-on-one, one-on-one AODA counseling. That's where we sit and we try to get to the root of the problem and just see what's going on. I also specialize in group therapy. I enjoy, enjoy doing groups. It's so fun. It's very interesting to see where everybody is and all the different, um, just the different cultures, the different people like coming together just just to discuss what they have in common, what's their common goals. So I do a lot of that. Um, the one-on-ones can be really, really heavy, um, but they're super important to talk about their childhood and what jump-started them into doing what they were doing. So that's a little bit about my job. And how does someone typically find a counselor, like someone like you? Um, is it something that they're like assigned to do? Is it something someone seeks out on their own? Is it a little bit of both? How does that work? 
Okay, so it's definitely a little bit of both. Like I, I was heavily involved with the um, adult drug tr- adult drug treatment court. So that's mandated. That's the county. Um, if you get arrested, okay. they have this super awesome program where you get arrested and they offer you time to take away from your felonies. So it's pretty cool. So the okay. judge will that is cool. The judge will assign you an AODA counselor and a therapist. So one thing to note is that in AODA, you need a psychiatrist and a psychologist and a therapist. Like you have to, they both go hand in hand because you have to get to the root of the problem. Because again, people don't just wake up and are like, I want to do drugs today and I'm going to stay doing these. Like that's (laughs) not what people do. Like it's such a misconception. It actually drives me nuts. Like guys, people don't want to disown their kids. They don't want to feel the way they feel. Like it is a physical thing that's going on stemmed by trauma or stemmed by something that happened in their childhood or something that was unset by their child or by just growing up. Like you never know what trauma brings. So right. Hey, you can search the web. Like say, I just feel like I'm struggling with drinking and I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to let anybody know. I don't need to be mandated. I don't need any of this. I just want to go see what's going on with me. You can search the web. There's a lot of places. So Sure. And, you know, thing is like um, telehealth now. So you don't have to go into any clinics. A lot of places still aren't taking clients right now because of the COVID. But there's right. a few that are doing like small scales. So Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. So from what you've seen, if you are working with someone, whether it's like mandated or not, how long do you typically work with someone? Like what does, um, if, if someone is working with you and a psychiatrist and a psychologist, is this something that is shorter term, longer term? How does that work? So it definitely depends. Now, if they're mandated, that's a, that's a set amount of time, but if they're not and their insurance covers it, or they can afford it, they can go as long as they want to. Like you're always in recovery. Like you should always be active in your recovery. There shouldn't be a time where you aren't doing a group or aren't going to a meeting. So it's totally up to the client. Okay. So once someone starts with their recovery process, it's pretty much a lifelong commitment, or at least should be. Right. It should. And tell me, how are groups, like the group sessions, how are those a little different than the one-on-one sessions? Like what could someone expect if they were going to jump into a group? Um, they should be expecting respect for one. They should be expecting um, everything to be very confidential. But it's always nice to hear others, other people's stories, to know that you're not alone, to know that addiction is horrible. Opiates are what, number two or three in, in America right now, the number one killer. So it's really... It's really interesting and really soothing for people to know that they're not alone, that they can beat this addiction and that they have people on their team. And it's good to do groups because when you start your recovery, you should replace all your old friends anyway, because they're not really your friends in addiction. Like you don't know who you are when you're in active addiction. So it's always good to do groups. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's definitely something that I've noticed too is uh, it's really, you know, the people you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. Um, I uh, went through a relationship with someone who was an addict and I could always tell when he was going to relapse by the people he would Mm -hmm. start hanging out with, right? You just knew like, oh, you're going to hang out with that person. Okay. Like you kind of can see it coming, right? Yeah. Mm Okay. Um, so from what you've seen, how likely is it that someone with an opioid addiction, because that's specifically what we're talking about here, can fully recover? Is that something that you have seen quite a bit? I have. Like, it's definitely possible. You just have to stick to doing, to taking all the steps, like admitting that you have a 
disease, like changing your groups, changing your places, your people, everything, and then just really being active in your recovery, like active in my active in your recovery to me, like I always teach people and I always give people a heads up, like I'm a millennial. So like, say for instance, I'm doing an anger group, we go to like the park and walk and just talk to nature and ground ourselves. We do a lot of meditation. We do a little bit of eating because I know all my clients always want me to do a cooking class. I don't eat beef. So they all want to know like, how do you like, how can you go through life without eating beef? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like that. Like, I always ask them what feels good to you. And we will incorporate what feels good to you. I'm not going to come in and be this dictator and tell you that you can only do the 12 steps. Like you can only do this. You can only do that. Sure. And if I do. And if that works for you, then I'll cater to you. Like I'll set your treatment plan up towards what you want. Those are some of the things we do a lot of music therapy, like music is always playing in the background quietly, take a lot of walks. We do a lot of, we went to the Sherman Phoenix. It's a black owned like little hub in Milwaukee. So, and all my clients (laughs) want to go. So they love that. Like we take a lot of trips because you forget who you are in addiction. Like, and my, and one of my jobs is to remind you that you can do this. You are capable and let's have fun doing it. It doesn't have to be this boring life. Like people talk about that all the time when they give up drugs. Like, what am I supposed to do? That's my identity. Let's find new identities. Let's do that. Sure. Like, how do we do that? So that's that's one thing. That's that's really great to hear. Um, obviously, I don't know too much about it, but it's really cool to hear that, you know, things are getting tailored to, you know, the individual. And I mean, that's really cool to incorporate you're not just like sitting in a chair staring at someone and talking to them like you guys are getting out and yeah that whole identity thing really is I'm sure a huge piece because losing yourself and then having to find yourself again is not easy work to do so and then with the opiate crisis we have a younger we have younger generations so it's not like everybody was able to just stop like our generation is social media fast, instant gratification. It's really this, 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 and this. So you have to cater to the younger generation if you want to see them healthy. And if you truly want drugs off the street. So that's another way I look at things. Yeah, for sure. What other professions or support? I mean, I know you said that people typically, if they're mandated, will have a psychiatrist and a psychologist. Is there any other professions or places or anyone that can help play a role if someone is looking for recovery and wants to make sure that they've got everything, every box checked that they need? So they should look into spirituality. That doesn't mean being a Christian, it means whatever spirituality is to you. Um, I've had a client who was a Wiccan. So once she decided to be active in her recovery, she wanted to include her sisters. So that was something I was with. Um, Then you do have Christianity. So you should include your pastor, let him know. Then there's just people who want to ground, like all the natives want to be grounded. So we do that, like whatever that looks like to you, like your spiritual advisor should be into play. I've had clients who've had nutritionists, which was excellent. I've had a client who had a, um, awesome. who incorporated horseback riding into her treatment plan. Um, the county has Very a lot cool. of that um, will help you to incorporate a lot of things. So, oh, and yoga, like one of the things we do a lot is yoga and then working out. Um, so there's a lot of things you should be listing with your counselor and your treatment plans to stay focused and to stay busy sure. and guided. You know, what's funny is all these things that you're naming are really things that I think most people should be figuring out a place for in their life, right? Some spirituality, mm-hmm. exercise, nutrition, identity. I mean, this is all stuff you're naming all things that um, 
you know, if a person is looking to feel whole is kind of what we all should be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, lastly, I want to know two things. So if somebody is listening right now and feels like they are ready to take their first step toward recovery or toward reaching out for help or something like that, um, what, what would you tell them to do? Like what should their first step be? And then if you have any resources to share, um, sharing those resources as well. Okay. First I would congratulate them because praise is huge when you're ready to start. And then I would encourage them to seek out a counselor, um, to seek out a friend, to take you with a good friend or a good family, family member to take you and help you seek out a counselor and get started with individual therapy. Um, see if you can find a therapist too, while you're at it and, um, get back to being spiritual and whole, whatever that looks like to you. A good thing to do is to journal and to write down your urges and cravings, like start documenting when you have an urge, documenting when you have a craving and start to try to, you know, just think of something else if you can. Like there's a few methods, a few things that you can do to change your thinking. So to start changing your thinking again, um, that's going to take some time and to not be so hard on yourself, depending on how long you've been in addiction, there's a lot of physical things that have transpired in your life and with your body. So as long as you don't give up, you can definitely do it. Awesome. That's really great to hear. Um, and I'm definitely going to be looking up, um, some extra resources and I'll put them in the show notes for anyone listening. So we'll try to find more like national type resources because I know you and I are both in Milwaukee, but obviously someone could be listening to this anywhere. So we'll be sure to include that. Is there anything else that I missed or anything else you think is worth talking about? This, you know, you can do this. Like you're never alone. There is opiates is a is a huge thing right now. There are a lot of people in recovery who are staying strong. So you definitely can do this. Purchase a journal. It would be your best friend. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> do your positive affirmations. Like you can definitely do this. Those are some great words. All right. Something that I ask every guest that comes on the show first is if you are feeling like you're in a funk or you're not feeling so great, not feeling yourself or life or whatever, what is your go-to to pick yourself up? Like, what do you go do to get yourself rolling in a better direction if you're having a bad day? It's mine's is music. Like I'm huge on music. So that's what I turn to. Um, music, journaling, my mentor helps a lot. And I have a nine year old, she won't allow me to be fuck <laughs> for too long. So I have sure. her. <laughs> like, I have yeah. friends like I, I mean, I've just been blessed to know what depression is to be okay with talking about depression to know what anxiety is to be okay with talking about anxiety. Um, whether that looks like it's clinical or just, you know, a little bit of depression, like you never sure. know. So you know, we come from a, I always say this, Cassie, but we come from a different era. Like millennials are like, no, if we need therapy, sure. we want a therapy. If we need help, yeah. we're going to help. Like if we need yeah, for um, sure. music, I need music, like period. Like I just need music. So music is kind of my life. Like it helps to um, bring me out of any type of fun. So I can play uh, Jimi Hendrix, Wale, Jim, like uh, J. Cole. I can play Drake, not, <laughs> yeah. not the sad Drake. Not that drastic, but I can play all that in a, and change my mindset. Um, so that's what I look yeah. for. And then I've been getting back into exercising because somebody is super crazy anal with people in their fitness. 
I don't know who you're talking about, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I've been getting back into that, getting back into watching what I eat. Um, so, yeah. And things of that. And smoothieing helps me for some reason. Like eating junk food, yeah. people truly don't realize, but junk food is not your friend. It's mm-hmm. not. And it brings you down. Like It down does. Bad. If you're in a bad mood and then you eat crappy food, you feel like way worse afterwards, for sure. Right. Yeah. You don't want to like pick up the apple or the like whatever vegetables or whatever, but seriously, just like eating well can totally like turn your whole day around too. For right. sure. And that yeah. that's one thing that people in uh active recovery should like really pay attention to. Like change your diet. And then the sugar mm-hmm. is not good when you're in recovery. Like, don't do it. And it's addictive. So like cocaine. Yeah sugar have the same brain responses like you have to be they careful do. with sugar yeah so. yeah for uh, sure I know it's yeah the sugar addiction thing is so seriously so real but yeah that's a whole nother topic but <laughs> um okay so we mentioned at the beginning that you've got your own small business going on I want you to tell me all about it how can I find you where can I get your stuff all that good stuff Okay, so I have Sema Sunflower Oil. Um, It's my little baby. Um, My hair is natural. My daughter's hair is natural. We haven't had any chemicals. I haven't had any chemicals in nine years. So I always mix my own oils because nothing, (laughs) nothing is natural. I'm realizing that you have to search high and low for stuff that is actually natural. And people can market. If you have one natural ingredient, you can market your ingredient as natural, which is horrible because you have one natural ingredient and then everything else is toxic. So I just learned my own oils. Um, It's really good for growth. It's really good for moisture. It locks in your moisture after you're done. Um, You can find me on Instagram. It's Seema Sunflower Oil. Um, And then on Facebook, it's Seema Sunflower Oil. And there's the email address. Um, There's a website, but I'm still tweaking it. I don't like it that much right now. So like I do, I'm still tweaking it. So that's one thing. If you're looking to jumpstart your growth with your hair, you just want to keep your healthy hair, then do that. Like shop Sema Sunflower Oil today. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and I definitely link your Facebook and your Instagram in the show notes as well. Um, okay. And just let everyone out there know I'm using some Sema Sunflower Oil too in my hair. Just a little bit after I shower because I have a, a big frizz problem mm-hmm. with my hair. I don't know if you can even see it right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> You're like, uh-huh. <laughs> no, okay. But um, yeah, so, um, and I'm really enjoying it. And I love, uh, you gave us a little bottle of lavender oil too. And that stuff, I use that every night before I go to bed um, when I'm doing some of my meditation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So myself and my daughter have been using it at night and I'm like, oh my gosh, this smells so good. <laughs> so yeah, it's really awesome. You're doing a great job. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really, really appreciate it. Always. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Wow, you guys, that was so awesome. I really hope you learned a few things. Seema just blew my mind. And I think it's really cool how we continue to come back to kind of the same theme that we have gotten through um, with a couple of our guests now, which is just being a whole person and healing from whatever it is you're trying to heal from all kind of looks the same, right? It's about feeding your spirituality, 
moving your body, giving yourself the right nutrition. You know, this is going to be a running theme that you see as we start talking through all different kinds of um, diseases, conditions, you know, things like that is just truly taking care of yourself, both mentally, spiritually, and physically is really what is ultimately going to lead all of us toward living healthier and happier lives. And that is why I set out to start this podcast in the first place. So I am so happy to have gotten through another episode with you guys, and I cannot wait till next time. Talk to you soon. Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I truly hope you've learned something today about your body. And I know you're thinking of someone right now that would love to listen to this too. So go ahead and send it to them. Until next time, make sure to drink plenty of water, move your body, and smile often.